Hello, and welcome to Not a Real Veteran, because it's Wednesday, and it is a very special episode. Uh, we got some super guests, and we're going to get to them in just a second. Um, when this life tries to break us and beat us down, they send the beast just to push us around. Though we might exist with one foot in the grave, this life and over, we still got something to save. Redemption. Redemption Tactical. They've got body armor and gear and kit and all sorts of stuff you need to be a good libertarian. And then you know where to find us, not a real libertarian podcast. The website is pretty good. Um, we're also on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Uh, we stream to Twitter, Facebook. So we're lots of places. The Libertarian Party Veteran Caucus. Um, like we said last week, leading veterans to libertarian issues and libertarians to veteran solutions. Uh, we decided we liked that one all right. So uh, I ain't really trying to make this tough. All I'm trying to say is that I've had enough. It might sound crazy, but it ain't no lie. Baby, bye, bye, bye. Christopher William, maybe, bye, for Alaska's congressman. They only get one. They only need one, and it ought to be him. He was in the army. He was, you know, just a Joe. Uh, went back, got his commission. Now he's in Alaska. He does Alaska things. I mean, he's like a, a fishing guide, and he makes fires, and he probably has dogs, and I think he has a boat. Like, elect him to Congress. Um, James Toyer. I can put you in first class up in KY. Um, Jack Harlow is actually from KY. That's Kentucky. People over politics, people helping people. James Toyer is running for the State House of Kentucky, and he's got a website that's just great, and that's Toyer4KY.com. T-O-L-L-E-R, the number 4KY.com. You go check him out. All right. What is the difference between a Marine and a submarine? There isn't one. The Navy goes down on both of them. <laughs> we got Jenny. We got Michael. What's up, you guys? Hello, friends. <laughs> How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. Oh, yeah. We got no Will. I mean, I guess you guys know that. Uh, our audience, some of them will know. Will just got married. Will's on his honeymoon. He's in an undisclosed location in uh, the western United States, and uh, he's not yeah. talking to me. No, he's not a fed. He's not a fed. He's not a fed. He wouldn't tolerate that kind of talk at all. He's definitely not a fed. He's uh, off the grid. He's the opposite of a fed. That is actually what a fed would say. Is it? I would deny everything. Well, I'm not a fed. Sure. Uh, can I say something really quick? You can. Hey, so uh, the Libertarian Party of California is doing a fundraiser for our treasurer, Paul Vallandigham. He's been with the party for over a decade. He's one of the, I'm sure he's like one of the founding members of the California LP. He lost his legs to poor medical treatment. So we're trying to fundraise for him to get a van. Uh, I shared the link in the private chat. I don't know how to make it appear on the screen. Oh, wait. Okay. So I don't either. But yeah, Jenny took care of that because yeah, he knows how to do that. So So there's GoFundMe. That's the right one. 
Yeah, so please share that link everywhere. If you can't donate, share it. Post it to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let, let's get him this van. We're trying to raise $40,000. Or if you know any programs or other libertarians that specialize in this, please reach out to L, on Twitter to at LPVets and DM us, and we can get him the help that he needs. I appreciate yeah, it. Sure. Like I said, that really sucks that he you know lost the use of his legs to like poor medical care. Yeah, um, like they're so, gone. They had to get cut off. Did he get to keep them? Dude, was, someone said something that's like really weird, like amputees, like whether they like lose their like actual limb in the jungle of Vietnam or, you know, they have to get it removed surgically. Like one of the weirdest things about that is like you've had that your entire life. You know what I mean? So I mean, yeah. I'm sure there's lots of weird parts. Like there's a lot to adjust to, but like how many things do you own that you've had like since the day you were born? It's like not that many, you know? If you got your appendix cut out, would you keep it? I don't think I would. That'd be kind of cool if you like dried it out and used it as like a pin cushion or something. I have a mass on one of my ovaries that I've named George. And whenever the VA gets off their ass and actually removes it, I want to keep it. I wonder what is that like? I grew him. He's mine. Is that solid? Um... <laughs> this is not what I thought we were going to be talking about. <laughs> it never is. Uh, What's an ovarian yeah. mass like consist of? Just like tissue? Yeah. It's not one of the liquid ones. Oh, they're liquid. See? There's different kinds. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so let's see. Jenny Michael, he's a, a national organizer for the Vet Caucus. He lives in the Bay Area of California. He's running for city council, doing really well, actually. Okay. And uh, he was a, uh, what do you, what'd you call your career field in the Marines? GSE. Uh, so depending on what branch you were, that's age in the Air Force, AS in the Navy, and I don't really care about the Army. <laughs> Unless you were in the Army, then I feel kind of bad. That was Navy. No. So, so yeah, so he, I was uh, in AS. He worked on like what? That's electrical components of uh, for like aircraft. Yeah, so the stuff that fixes the aircraft, the equipment. Then, yeah. Jenny, she might have uh, worked alongside some Marines in her day because she was a uh, hospital corpsman. No, oh, no shit. Yeah, I got so, knocked up by one. A by a marine? No, by a marine. Oh, marine oh, how? Typical. <laughs> how original. Yeah. <laughs> Were you the one that uh, needed help joining the Discord? Yes. So that's me, typically, that you're interacting with on Twitter, if you didn't okay. know. Yeah, it was me. Oh. My son was taking a nap, and I didn't want to wake him up to help him. Like, have me help it. You know, that uh, I need to talk to Teddy about that because a lot of people actually get really confused because if I had to do it, I would get confused too. I actually think the first way we had it was a lot easier. Uh, so I'll talk to him about that because we have like uh, 200 members in that Discord, but only like 160 of them are verified. Really? Yeah. So that we're, we're missing like 40, 40 people are missing out on all the fun that we're having in that Discord. Yeah. Um, Jenny, she's like a – would you call yourself a producer of the show, Jenny? No, that's Carly. Well, okay. Well, yeah. I don't I don't see the difference, but what Jenny for sure does is she makes memes out the ass. She makes tons of memes. Tons and tons and tons of memes. And like she Will is good. Will has a few different apps, even like on his computer, so he can like Photoshop and stuff like pretty good. But uh Jenny's on another level. But uh that's why I said she creates and curates uh digital art. Which is I mean, how? I mean, that's that's what a good way to say makes memes. The proper term is uh -huh. meme whore. You know yes. this. Yes, 
Yes, but that's what we put on the description last time. So, just just to clear the air to anybody watching this, I'm not a theoretical physicist. <laughs> okay, yeah, let's talk about that then. Nobody likes nobody likes my episode description. Uh, Michael <laughs> does enjoy physics. He's taking. Are are you in physics one right now? Or you just finished physics? One, I just probably. finished physics ones. I'll be going to waves and motions next semester. Uh, and I'm so a mechanical f- engineering student now. With the for minor, now, for, yeah. But I, I would love to. I love physics. Uh, so not theoretically, a, you might be a physicist. Yeah, a physicist one day. Yeah, so you're not wrong. Yeah, theoretically, you're a physicist. Yeah, I would love to get my master's in physics, just because I think it's really interesting. Like everything is as a math problem, and everything's mm-hmm. a triangle if you try hard enough. Um, Will has a very interesting theory that um, everything is made up of spheres, and I mean atoms are spherical. So um, I bet have either one of you seen the movie K-Pax? If not, Kevin Spacey, Jeff Bridges. I know what you're talking about, but I never watched it. Oh yeah, it's a good movie. It's about this. It's kind of like a psychological thriller, um, but it's about this guy that claims to be an alien, and he's in like a you know like mental hospital in New York. But kind of the whole point of the movie is like he see, he knows a lot of stuff that like even the best um, like quantum uh, physicists in the world don't know. So the whole point of the movie is kind of is he an alien? But uh, he talks about Jeff Bridges is like the psychiatrist there and he's asking him like oh if you're an alien from this planet how come you look like a human and then um he says something along the lines of like why is soap always form like a bubble because it's the most uh something efficient shape i the point I have is to watch it yeah if you ever you know if you never need to kill any time or just want to have fun ask will about spheres and he'll tell you all about spheres and why spheres are the center of the universe and it actually is uh, pretty interesting do you believe in aliens? So I have uh, two things to say about aliens. Number one. Okay. So here's three things that are pretty cool. Here's three things that are pretty cool. Number one, there are different life forms that exist on earth. Like there are different bacteria. So like microorganisms. And there's also some small animals that hypothetically that, okay, that could exist in space do you think intelligent life form lives in outer space I, I don't know if i think it does it's too big but like there's you know there are like bacteria on earth and there, there's microorganisms and bigger organisms that could survive in space so there's things that like live in our atmosphere there's things that live in like volcanic vents at the bottom of the ocean there's things that live like there we have creatures on earth that could survive in space and if you're looking at a theory of evolution like why would how would they have evolved to survive in space if they've been here the entire time? Because like there's this theory called transpermia. Like some people think a lot of, there's you know certain life forms on Earth that came same thing. There's certain things that can survive space travel. So octopus is one example. Some scientists honestly think they came from like another planet, like on an asteroid. Um, but whether or not you believe that, I'm just saying like if it's possible, if there's certain bacteria and certain. Uh, if there's certain organisms that can exist in space evolutionarily, how did that come about? Uh, if they've just been on earth the entire time, that doesn't necessarily add up. That's number one. Number two, if you think about all the things on earth that have similarities, like, yeah, we do have some crazy animals like chameleons, um, like bees can talk to each other. Dolphins can talk to each other in like a really crazy way. Like we have some crazy animals, but if you just think about all the animals on earth that see with eyes and they hear with ears and they can smell with their 
uh, olfactory nice. senses. And yeah, like so many things, like how many things do they eat? And it goes to their stomach and out their intestines and the shit like monkeys, dogs, cats, fish, even like grasshoppers. There's all these things that don't seem like they're very connected, yeah. but they all, you know what I mean? Like they see with eyes, they eat with their mouth. That just seems like such an earth like thing. Obviously if so many, you know, if 99% of our animals work that way, I think if we ever saw an alien, we probably wouldn't know what we're looking at. Um, so, and then what was the third one? Those are two things. And number three, oh yeah, because um, different planets, since different um, elements, different planets are composed of different amounts of elements. Um, I think, and this isn't my original idea. This came from that guy, Bob Lazar, which we can talk about. But, you know, just because like if there's an alien race, if they made like a spaceship, because of the elements that are prevalent on their planet to them making a spaceship. That doesn't mean they're like a super advanced race. That could be like our, like early humans making a canoe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the perception is fucking crazy. Perceptions. Yeah. will blow your mind. So just, you know, I just don't think aliens, if they do exist, they don't even have to necessarily be like super advanced flying UFOs, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then, yeah, someone, uh, Steven, noticed that Jenny's wearing uh, Mason's headset, which is all right. It doesn't look yeah, bad yeah. at all. That's my husband. He's saying that I was using his, and I'm like, no, it's Mason's. Oh, yeah, you're right. I wasn't like reading very good. It's the kids. <laughs> Busted, almost. Um, yeah. But all right, that's that's what I feel about aliens. Like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't care one way or the other, but uh, what do you guys believe about aliens? Since that's what we're talking about tonight. Dude. So I'm torn between two, right? So if we're all in the agreement that from the Big Bang uh, and the Big Bang was composed of all helium and hydrogen and eventually billions of years later, we, we were the carbon-based like life forms with uh, the, the universe being like approximately like 14 billion years old and then humans just showing up recently, I don't think we have enough time for like anything outside like past the earth to evolve into a carbon based life form. I don't think anything tra traveled from like the earth or not, but at the same time, like mathematically, if the universe is like ever expanding and it's in infinitely big, eventually the pattern would repeat. So I think eventually there would be like another human, but maybe we're the first, but I think down the road, eventually there will be another humanity or, or alien life form down the road that's intelligent. But I, I just think we're the first because the universe isn't that old on the scale of infinity, I guess. See, I see us as that super white trash road that you just like lock your doors and haul ass past. Nobody <laughs> wants to deal with us. <laughs> yeah. I, I could Surely possible. Because, I mean, think about it, okay? Let's say we are a human-esque form and we're, you know, in... Because there are other solar systems that have uh, planets that are very close to Earth's makeup. So let's say one of those were way cooler than us and they got powerful or whatever and they were, like, cruising and they sent, uh, you know, little Star Trek, you know, little mission people in there. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at us and we're hating on each other for the color of each other's skin and different, which, you know, bedtime story do you believe in about your soul? Mm -hmm. You think we're not going to try and completely just dismember and fuck up anything that comes to this planet. Like we can't even get along with each other. We're going to fuck the whole solar or like the whole, whole universe up. I, yep. 
Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that, that was my theoretical physics uh, part of the podcast. You guys are welcome. Boom. I'm trying to think, because, you know, Nildegrass Tyson, he's been on uh, Joe Rogan a few times, like a gang of times now, like five or six. And uh, one time, Joe Rogan was asking him about simulation theory, because that one's pretty wild. But um, Nildegrass Tyson said, and I might butcher the translation, but what he said is, for that to be true, we're either in the first one or the last one. And um, the chances of that are pretty small because just like the kind of the idea behind it is like we're pretty close to being able to create a simulation where like the, you know, quote unquote video game characters like they wouldn't know, you know what I mean? Because like even us, like we can't really define reality. You can't define it. You can't define consciousness. Like people still don't know what it is. So like we're basically we almost have the technology uh, to do that. So once we do have that technology and we can make, you know, billions of fake realities you know, just statistically, if there are billions of them out there, like, what are the odds that we're in the one real one? You ever see that uh, Sims meme where it's like, I sent all my Sims to university and they figured out they're living in a simulation? Uh-huh. Yeah. But we're yeah, almost I'm there. A, I'm a badass NPC then. That's all I'm saying. Dude, I like to think I'm a main character, but I don't think, the reason why I don't think we're in a simulation is I don't think there's a graphics card big enough to run this simulation. Really? You know? Yeah, yeah, the, the technology doesn't exist. There's no, no way. Dude, so here's some like really interesting like quantum physics exper- experiments. What about the double slit experiment? Oh, where it exists? That's like the Schrodinger's cat experiment? In a way, a little bit. Like, uh, in one it doesn't way, exist it ex- until you check it? Well, no, it's not that it doesn't exist, but like if you don't check it, it exists as a beam. But if you do check it, it exists as a wave. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is, yeah, like really crazy. And then there's also a deal, there's something to do with like, um, and this is what's really freaky, and wow, I can't believe we're talking about this without Will, because he would, I think, Drool. he knows a lot more about this stuff than I do, but at the same time, he forgets a lot more um, because of drugs. But they <laughs> do these studies where like, and I can't, I don't know how they tell, I don't know how they measure this, but if you're looking at something like really far off in the distance, um the atoms and the molecules become like more and less dense depending on like how much you're looking at it. So like if there's a mountain a couple miles away and you're not looking at it, then the molecules are like further apart. But if you are looking at it, they kind of like come together. So but that's what if a lot you're like looking at it and I'm game. not looking at it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm butchering that one pretty badly, but that is really similar to like a video game or not even just a video game, but just like a picture like that you can zoom in and out of. Like, I don't know. These things exist in quantum states and it's uh, really trippy. Well, I know that happens in like Fortnite or like Call of Duty when I'm like sniping, like a mountain in the mm-hmm. distance is all. Yeah. And it's it's like sometimes I wonder if we are in a simulation and it's like, how do I know that you guys even exist outside of my reality? Well, dude, how do you know that like any of your memories are real? Like sleeping is such a weird thing. When you woke up this morning, all of your memories could have just been uploaded just like when you woke up. All yeah. your memories could have been uploaded five seconds ago. Like we might not have been on this podcast for 20 minutes. We might be on this podcast for like two seconds and yeah. everything before now is just like uploaded. Someone pressed, you know, control P enter. Well, sleep, you just don't or, sleep is just going into, you know, like sleep mode with a giant hallucination. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's real trippy. Cause I've known this one for a while, you know, dreams only last like two or three seconds. Mm-hmm. I saw something on, uh, which comes first, aliens or time travel? That's uh, a good question. I want to say that's actually the chair of my local LP. He's awesome. Wh- which is what? What county are you in? Brevard. Oh yeah, Brevard. Brevard. In Oklahoma. Sweet. 
No, no Florida, Florida. Florida. Florida, Florida, Florida. But uh, Jenny's got like quite an audience uh, already on the show tonight, so that's awesome. How, how many how many viewers we got? Two? I can't well, tell. It's a secret. We're not going to talk about it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Probably like at least 200. Give or take. Right. Yeah, so what comes first? Take. Aliens or time travel? Time travel. Oh, fuck. God damn it, dog. Sorry. I think with scientists wanting to explore black holes a lot more, there might be secrets in that. And like warping with like gravity and warping space. Uh, I can't speak on it too much because I don't know enough about it. Uh, and I, like I said, I only know introdu- introductory level physics. I'm pretty sure, don't most people think that if time travel were possible, it would only be possible to go forward in time. It would never be possible to go backwards in time. Would you believe me if I told you I had a time machine in my house right now, but it only goes forward at regular speed? It only goes forward at regular speed? Um, yeah, I'd believe that. Science. I sure would. <laughs> What do you guys think? Aliens or time travel? I think aliens. I don't think one has to or needs to come before the other. I don't think there's a logical sequence. I think either one. Because, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, gravity is kind of like the key to, like, a lot of equations. And it's kind of key to everything in the universe. But we don't understand it super well. We can write equations around it. But nobody can explain what it is super well. And then... Nobody on this planet can explain it. I think I think it's really funny that in introductory level physics we learn that gravity is a force, but later on we're going to learn that gravity is not a force. It's actually because uh, heavy mass objects can bend space time around Mm -hmm. it, and like if you were to jump off a building, uh, you're not actually falling. If you take like an inertial reference frame of like your body, what you would actually see is like the jump, the building you jumped off of is moving 9.8 meters per second upwards. And so the ground is coming up to you. You're not actually falling to it because the earth is traveling at 9.8 meters per second. For legal reasons, uh, we do not condone jumping off a building. Well, yeah, I, I was just trying to explain like some, some kinematics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> do not There's... jump off buildings. If you're a veteran, call a friend instead. Yes. But, I mean, even if it's for a science experiment, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Just okay. for a science experiment. No. But, yeah, you're you're actually, the Earth is just constantly moving. And, and since speed is relative, it, you don't notice it. it. It would be like if you're in outer space with no gravity and you're in, like, a rocket. But as soon as that rocket starts moving upwards, you're going to be, like, your feet are planted on the ground. And, and now you have, like, a, a false sense of gravity. Same thing mm-hmm. with the Earth. I, I still don't see if you jumped off of a building, it's moving, what'd you say, nine meters a second? Roughly? 9.8 meters per second, depending 9. on where you're at. 9.8 meters a second, it's moving towards towards your feet. The earth is moving up towards you. But that doesn't make sense because if I'm falling this way, the earth is moving like it's rotating. Let's, but it's also oh, moving hold on, wait, around. Where's Jack Casey, he's going to tell us that I'm wrong. And it's like, oh, this. yeah. Uh, <laughs> where is Jack Casey? He should be here by now. But you would think if you're if you're going towards the core of it, it's rotating. So how would you it be going towards your feet if it's rotating, not coming up like relative? I, well, I do know that it is moving in a few different directions at once. That's part of the deal with it having an axis. Uh, hold on. I got something for you guys. Here you now go. I want to tag Jack Casey in here. Can you share this to? Every, oh, I have to do it in the private chat, I guess. 
Mm, you could just go to the like. You could just go to the Veteran Caucus page or Not a Real Libertarian, and you can comment just on the comments. Um, or you you can share your screen. There's a if you down at the very bottom. There's a pretty long rectangle, and it says share screen, it. just like Zoom and stuff like that. So you can go ahead and do that. Dude, can we uh, share screen? So this, like, do you want to play it? For uh, how long is it? I think it's like five minutes, seventeen not... minutes. Oh yeah, probably not not. seventeen minutes. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know if we can get yanked for this. Oh yeah, good point. I don't know, and I mean, like, it, it would be okay. We've been kicked off like YouTube and stuff before. It wouldn't. Uh, it wouldn't get yanked off everything. Just. I caught a ban on Twitter today, and I refused to delete it, so it won't let me back on. I saw that. All right, here. We'll just play this part, the rocket part. Accelerate. They're just following straight line paths through space time until they encounter something that stops them. Like the objects in the rocket ship, they appear to accelerate at the same rate because they're not really accelerating. It's the floor accelerating into them. Now, that I get. pretty far-fetched, as it did back in 1915 when Einstein proposed it. So he very cleverly came up with a measurable prediction that scientists could make to test his theory. Imagine that this rocket ship is coasting through deep space. If you shine a light beam across the rocket ship, well, it'll do exactly what you expect. Light travels in a straight line and hits a point. Once this part's done, I'll end it. Exactly the same height as the source. But now, what if this rocket is accelerating? To an external observer, they're still going to see the same thing, light traveling in a straight line. But inside the rocket, during the time it takes the light to travel across the cabin, the rocket will have sped up. So by the time it hits the other wall, it'll hit a little lower than before. So in an accelerating frame of reference, light deflects down. Here, Interesting. Dramatically I sure didn't know that. Yeah, so that is kind of that is kind of proof of that. Yeah, it's, well, I mean, I, I'm not going to say proof because I've not been in a rocket ship with a laser pointer yet. But, uh, <laughs> when I get back, I'll tell you if it's bullcrap or not, dude. Veritasium is so good. I, I, he talks about so much like entry level physics and like advanced stuff. He talks about everything, so I highly recommend it. Shout out to him. Go watch Veritasium videos on YouTube. Veritasium, that's very nerdy. It is. I love it. I love watching those videos right before I go to bed. And I guess, like, I hear, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of possibilities opened up whenever we, like, make a base on the moon. Because, like, whenever we start building spacecraft, whenever we just start building stuff on the moon, like, with way less gravity. um, Because rocket science is actually, you know, pretty complex because of gravity. And you have to, like make a craft that can like exit the atmosphere it has to be able to overcome earth's gravity and leave the atmosphere once we start building spaces and or once we start building ships and stations in space you know you don't have to build something that can withstand you know like that you don't have to you don't have to build something that can overcome earth's gravity you don't have to build something that can withstand uh travel through the atmosphere so apparently we're going to make and that's kind of how technology works anyways technology is very like exponential like how many thousands of years was a horse the best way you can get around like to travel dude like uh, for thousands and thousands and thousands of years if you wanted to get somewhere fast you rode a horse even when they you know came out with the wheel and they had like chariots 
that was a few hundred years and they had wagons that was several hundred years you know the best way to travel was like on a wagon and then you know the first time they made a car in 1920 and like now we're already to like teslas and bugattis like just in like a hundred years so i mean it's just so exponential what's stopping the rocketry right now from like going faster so for most things velocity is half mass times velocity equals uh uh, one half mass times velocity equals like your displacement or your distance but right now with, with rocketry when they're increasing the mass instead of it going faster because the mass is expelling outwards and that's how it gains its velocity it's only able to increase its velocity by a natural log of two and that that's the biggest problem so we can't actually go much faster even if we increase the mass and the fuel uh output of a rocket that's what scientists are trying to figure out right now so once we figure that out, maybe we can start getting closer to the speed of light and traveling farther and farther out. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but I didn't think that's what we were going to talk about. But I didn't either. Cool. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, don't apologize, weirdo. Um, and yeah, that's. I mean, that is my fault. I don't. I don't like having an agenda. I mean, unless there's like something. I mean, if, you know, if Spike Cohen was on, you know, I might talk to him more about libertarian stuff than <laughs> rockets. But other than that, I just like to conversate. Rockets and aliens. Well, how, is, how has your summer been, Braxton and Jenny? Have you guys done anything cool? Jenny goes first. My kid's in summer school, so no. I have to take him to school and then go to work, then leave work, pick him up, then bring him to my work. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wait, what's your day job again, Jenny? I'm a social worker. Oh, that's cool. oh yeah, nice. <laughs> yep. Nice. I'm but... I'm a very oddity. <laughs> Why is that? Well, because social work is a lot of like, um, there's a lot of government funding mm-hmm. involved in things like that, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, the social. Uh, programs and all these and okay who's gonna vote or who's gonna pay for those whatnot so it is it's odd being a libertarian in there but like libertarians as a whole are all about you know well, i know i'm i'm so fucking high i don't i don't <laughs> i don't think that's a bad thing because because a lot of people a lot of uh libertarians want to you know reform the police and, and they want social workers instead of police officers to handle like some of the more high stress yeah uh, situation so I, I, that's, a, that's a libertarian argument to be that crisis response teams would benefit a thousand times more than any patrol officer but you know that's it's also i see it more as like that's the world we live in like yeah libertarians don't want to pay income taxes but guess what i do every single year and uh mainly because i'm not smart enough to know how to stop but i mean that's the world we live in so that doesn't necessarily like if you um maybe like there there are some things that like yeah are hard to like call yourself a libertarian like if you worked for like maybe like fema or if you were yeah yeah a little bit military my program that i run um we get i get absolutely no federal funding and i'm so happy about that (laughs) Mm -hmm. my organization gets it because you know meals on wheels those kind of things um but my little my little podunk little programs that i run they do not my summer's been uh pretty good i haven't really done anything well i mean i guess technically when does summer actually start because i'm I'm with you i when it's 100 degrees outside it's summer in my book i don't care 
Well, my school semester ended. That's when my summer started. Gotcha. I mean, like, yeah. Will's wedding was last week, and yeah, just this past weekend. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It was a good wedding. He's all married and stuff now. Um, they had a little libertarian sign. They had like defend liberty and their marriage vows. Like I promised to, uh, like defend liberty was one of their marriage vows, and they had a sign that says we got the state involved. <laughs> That's and, funny. Uh, yeah, and they yeah, so that one was pretty funny. Um, what else? Well, that's the only reason to get married nowadays, like to actually like go and get the certificate and everything. You can still make a, you know, if you're religious, a, you know, thing for each other. Your sacrament of of getting married. Yeah. Yeah. You can still Mm -hmm. do that. It's just the only reason why you would get the government involved is for like insurance purposes and like buying a house and all that kind of, well, yeah. (laughs) But you can still, even if you're not married, you can still, if someone makes more money than the other you can still claim them as a dependent. Yeah. Like if but they got to make like little monies, but yeah. I wish we could claim dogs as dependents because they don't really bring any money in, but they take a lot of money, you know? Yes. <laughs> I'm kidding. You, you, any uh, guys gonna, you guys going to Freeding Fest? No. 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 You're no, trying we... to get the vet caucus a table, dude, but it's like two grand. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not do that. Yeah. Let's not do that. I'm totally going to be that person. You can come to our gala in November, and it's only $150 for a table. That is a lot cheaper. And it's in Florida, so... You're technically, like, you're part of the Vet Caucus. You're just not a veteran. But you could totally set up a table. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm pretty sure I got out before you ever went in. No, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm old as fuck. Someone else just joined and asked, hey, I'm not a veteran. My bad. I got you guys confused. Sorry about that. I'm not high yet. I will be after It's not. I forgot you just said you're a corpsman. All right, I'm going to go. I got to go. Oh my. No, Jenny, did you ever um were you just on uh were you on land the entire time or did you have uh I was deployed on the USNS Mercy when the huh? really bad tsunami happened oh, in 04 no in Indonesia. So like this was a 04. Like, I was in third grade. Fuck off. No, I didn't mean it like that, but <laughs> cuz it was so it was weird, right? So I, I when 9-11 happened I was in kindergarten and I remember like you know getting told to go go under the my desk like that was going to stop an airplane uh were but, you close to the world trade centers at the no time? I was in California dude <laughs> but but they, they thought San Francisco could be a target better safe than sorry yeah. yeah uh but it was weird when I was getting out there were marines that weren't alive for 9-11 and I felt really old and I was like wow that they're gonna learn about that as a historical event yeah I I had already signed my paperwork to leave for the Navy when 9-11 happened. Really? Yeah, I was a senior in high school. That's nuts. Well, how, how did that, how did that, did that, how did that feel? Because I've always wondered that people that signed up right before or like during peacetime and then now they're like, oh, here we go. Well, so they gave us all the option to, um, because we hadn't left yet, they gave us the option, the option to, to bail. Yeah. Um, no one I know bailed. Um, we all still went in and it was kind of nice being the last generation to actually get like sign on bonuses and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like they gave me 40 grand more on top of my GI bill for school when I joined. Um, yeah. So, so how does that equate? So they give you 40 grand on top to in your GI bill. So Mm -hmm. like, 
like an extra couple of months of GI Bill then? It's like an extra year. Or do you have Montgomery or post nine? Uh, post nine eleven. Okay. Um, you there's a certain time period where you could either go uh, Montgomery or post yeah. nine. Um, post nine is actually the better one. Yeah, that's what I have. Um, and especially if you do that, and then if you're disabled through the VA and um, the Vote disability retail. keeps you, yeah, where you can't do the job they trained you for, they'll give you even more schooling. So, but if you have just a little bit of your post nine left, like a month left on there, you'll get paid in voc rehab at that level that you were with the 9-11 instead of the voc rehab. Cause you get paid a lot less monthly with the voc rehab, but they cover all of your classes and all of your books and gives you a su uh, supply stipend every semester. And they'll go on for years. Yeah. That's how I got my bachelor's was using that. Because I want to get my master's hopefully using that. We'll see, though. Well, that, you can start awesome. going to the VA about problems um, that could keep you from doing the job that you did in the in the in service. Oh, I'll say something in private chat really quick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, we'll talk about this later, but. <laughs> Stand by. Um, oh, wow. Congratulations. Oh, okay. Thanks, buddy. Um, the there's like just that are offered there's a lot of scholarships that are offered to veterans like even outside of what the government gives you right yeah well just because i've heard of uh, i know i know a couple of people that i served with have gone on to get like their master's degree or uh, several like bachelor's degrees on bachelor's degrees and you can find they're real small um scholarships you know you're not going to get the gigantic ones but you can find a bunch of them and no one ever puts in for them yeah. So it's all you essentially have to do is put in and you'll get the money. It's ridiculous. Uh, this is not financial advice, but uh, for financial aid and disability for veterans, they do not talk to each other. So if you have an Alzheimer's moment when you're filling out your financial aid, oh, well. Oh, no. It happens. <laughs> I've never done it, but you could. All right. Good to know. <laughs> Uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> that happens a lot. I swear, I haven't done any drugs today. What have you done today? I drink... Dude, so... My boss won't let me go back to work full-time, so I'm working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday full-time. And uh -huh. then I have four days off, which is nice. nice. Yeah. Uh, but I don't drink caffeine on those four days, so I was going through like a wicked caffeine withdrawal like this mm. weekend. And I was like, oh, whatever. But today I finally drank a Red Bull and I was like really mm -hmm. sad. But yeah, dude. So I, it's caffeine. I think caffeine is like the most addictive drug. It's terrible for you. Uh, I don't think it's the most. I mean, I, I don't well, think it got compared to like crack or heroin or something. But but it is really addictive and it's not talked about enough. Like Veteran Caucus yeah. quote, caffeine is worse than crack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally worse than math yeah tweet that i mean <laughs> I different can't. i don't Caffeine know what it is outlawed. about like physiology but different people prefer different like highs different buzzes um people get addicted to different stuff i love stuff that makes me tired i've noticed that like when i was in the military i used to like to go to sleep i'd take a benadryl and then drink like a, a sip of nyquil and I'd, I'd knock out and how often would you do that every night I would go through a bottle a week. Michael. It was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Uh, that is bad. Yeah, yeah. Not talked about enough either. And I know a lot of Marines that used to do that. 
Which that never terrible. occurred to me. I would. They would. I. I've always had weird sleep stuff. Like when I was a kid, I literally. Well, not literally had insomnia, but I. I didn't sleep very much when I was a kid. I didn't like to sleep, but I didn't like going to sleep, and I didn't like. Uh, and I always woke up early too after going to sleep late. But um, when I was in the military, and keep in mind, my first duty assignment was in Greenland, where you know for like four months in the winter it's like pitch black, and then like four months in the summer the sun stays in one part of the sky you know, that's for 24 it. hours yeah. a day. And then everything in between is just, uh, that's when it's changing. You know what I mean? Like, so in the springtime you get like a couple more minutes of sunlight every day until the sun just like stays in one place for four months. And then the sun slowly starts going down and then you only get like, a, so anyways, so that might be part of it, but I did realize like, that's about definitely tw- part of it. <laughs> yeah. But about twice a month I would, um, I would have a night and I think, dude, it, it wasn't like a physiological thing. It was just like we worked in 12-hour shifts, but you had to be there like – it depends. Usually you have to be there like two hours early, and sometimes you have to stay an hour late. So you're working like 15, 16 hours a day. So I, after working like a weekend, like a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I would just feel like so gypped, like I'm not having any free time. I'd be like, I'm just going to stay up. You know, I'm going to go work for like these 15, 16 hours. And I'm just not going to go to sleep because I have like movies and stuff to catch up on. But it, regardless, so about like twice a month, I would just not sleep. So I, I would rather not sleep and then, you know, have to supplement myself to stay awake during the day than make myself go to sleep every night. See, the, the same thing for us, I, where I think so many people did it. Like, you can ask a couple of my buddies. We all had problems, like, sleeping. It's because we would get, you know, PT at, like, 4 or 5 in the morning and then get mm-hmm. off at, like, 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to get a good eight hours, you have to go to bed by, like, 9. You have two as hours. As soon as you get back. As yeah. soon as you get back. And then you start to eat. You have to shower. And then some some of us were in school while we were in, so we had to do homework. And it's like I need to fall asleep ASAP, like to get good sleep. So I would drink Nyquil, take a Benadryl, Advil PM, melatonin, and knock out. And if I didn't wake up, cool, I didn't have to do it anymore. No, I don't have duty then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone else's problem. I would kind of that again. It kind of it was a combination of a few things, like it's a combination of like me being a procrastinator, but also it just kind of made sense. It became like a tradition. Um, we'll be, and again, this is kind of a weird thing for some people. I had a new duty station every year and that was just kind of like luck of the draw. Like I got these, the air force calls them short tours. The army would actually call them deployments for no reason other than just the link, you know, and do then you I like that? Marines. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's, here's the thing. I don't I remember hate having to move my stuff. I don't remember what I asked for. I don't remember where I asked to go the first round. Like I'm sure I asked to go to Germany, cause that's where, but I don't remember after that. But then um, if you go to one of these short tours, like I said, it's almost like a deployment. It's like not in the fact that like you're getting shot at or there's any combat or any com- anything combat related, but just the fact that like you can't take your family and there's going to be some aspect of they call it like a hardship tour. Like when I was in Greenland, I was like I was a remote air base. You know what I mean? Like we're there's no roads. We were like 60 miles away from the nearest fishing village. What libertarians want, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that 60 miles by dog sled, you know what I mean? The only way to get to the base is like on the runway. So like, yeah, you're in the middle of nowhere. You know, there's not like, there's no fast food. They had one defect and that's, you know, that was your food. Was it beautiful though? Like, was it nice? Like, I'm assuming Greenland's got to be beautiful to look at. But maybe not where you're at. I mean, what do you mean? Like, was it beautiful? I say yes, but like, if you think snow's beautiful. 
Well, like, are they like, is it, I don't know, is it like a flatland? Is it there like mountains and hills? And there's trees there's and some stuff? mountains, and they're not like huge, like New Zealand mountains, but yeah, there's some mountains. There's no trees. You no, it really doesn't have trees. If you have any. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is beautiful, but it's like, look at that glacier, or yeah, look at that mountain. But everything. And I guess it gets sick like, after after like six months. It's like, oh, there it is again. But so like that, so that's a short tour. But whenever you leave there, you're supposed to get what's called a base of preference, and you can ask for like up to eight bases. Actually, you can ask for up to eight bases overseas, eight bases stateside, and in theory, you get one of those. If you're picky, you can ask for like four. And you're you're kind of like rolling the dice then because like if you like if you just really wanted to go to Germany you could just list like the German bases and you have a pretty good chance of getting that but if they wanted to be an asshole you might end up like in Utah so I mean it's kind of you kind of got to take your life into your hands if you're like hey do I want to pick eight places or do I want to narrow it down some but um, whenever I was in tech school which is MOS school A school um, mine was A school too oh okay fine. They, uh, I hear most Marines call it MOS school. Uh, I, was, I was, since I was in the naval naval base, it was a school. Gotcha. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Um, they, that was when Obama shut down the government for like the first time. I remember. And also, this is also when uh, Tyler Moore, um, this is also when he was coming into the Air Force as an officer. So he's a little bit older than me. So he had you know four years in college. But uh, yeah, that's when Obama shut down the government for the first time, and all of the um, reservists couldn't work and the air force personnel center um that's who handles like assignments for the entire air force so that's like everybody knows afpc like everybody they're all reservists that's a reserve career field so they all weren't going to work so nobody on my tech school team got a follow-on nobody got their base of preference so like for some people that was kind of terrible i had friends that literally went to korea that went to turkey and whenever they left they got sent to like hill air force base utah or dover air force base delaware and I was like, you know, screw that. So instead of doing that, I just volunteered for another short tour. I went from Greenland to Korea so that I'd get base of preference. And for me, that's kind of a no brainer. Cause yeah, like I have to go to Korea for a year. Like, Oh, that's terrible. Or I could, you know, go back to the States and go to North Dakota for eight years. Like, what are you talking about? Like that was an easy decision for me, but all that to say, I developed the system before I went to Greenland. I stayed up. I, I didn't pack all week. So like I stayed up the night before and like packed all my bags and like I didn't sleep at all the night before. So like I went and you know I basically slept you know on the plane ride that day. So from then on, that's what I did every single time. Whenever I went from like Greenland back home, because you have to fly home between every if you're overseas, they send you to your home of address. They have to for some reason. It didn't make sense for me because I didn't you know like I was living in the dorms because I was just single unaccompanied tour. So. That's kind of a weird thing too. Like whenever you're uh, going to the airport and you just have like one, well, I had like two bags. I had my duffel bag or like my sea bag. And then uh, I just had like this huge, I bought the biggest bag that they sold at the shop at. And like everything I owned basically was in that. It was either at that or my parents' house. But so I was just like going from one country to another with like everything I owned walking through the airport. Like, oh, this is everything. But the night before I would PCS, I would, I would not sleep that night. That's like whenever I would clean my room, pack everything and then um later i did whenever they came out with zequel that's awesome <laughs> zequel is awesome i do love zequel but yeah same so thing as up all night. yeah well it's yeah it's the sleepy part but it doesn't have any of the medicine in it yeah. but i would just stay up all night packing cleaning my room like doing all the stuff that you're supposed to have done like two weeks prior and then i'd go to the airport and like right about the time you know you're supposed to start boarding your plane I would pop like four Zequel and like I've, <laughs> yeah. I've gone, I've done like 14, 
10 eight-hour flights and just slept through the entire thing. I think it was coming back from Germany the first time. Well, because whenever um, you get, you get like guaranteed leave when you're on a short tour too, which is freaking sick. So like whenever I was in Greenland, um, I got a month off and like two of the, for two weeks, I, I, w- I just went to Germany to hang out with Will. I miss my best friend. So I was just like, oh, I'm just going to go to Germany and hang out with Will. So I, like w- on one of the ways there, I had like a middle row of the airplane. So like eight seats, like all to myself. That's yeah. sick. I would have lied, lied down for sure. You, yeah, buddy. Dude, I was trying to go to Japan in the end of summer to visit my friend that's stationed uh-huh. in Okinawa, but he told me not to come. Why did he tell you not to come? Well, he got hested, so he will be a recruiter. So, uh, What's that stand for? That's an excellent question, but it's like uh, a hist. I can explain what it is. So, Involunt- uh, something in voluntary service? Yeah. Pretty much when the headquarters Marine Corps is like, all right, we need more recruiters. We need more drill instructors. We need more combat instructors. So they send out a list to like all the sergeants and staff sergeants. And it's either you say yes to those orders or this will be your last enlistment. You're done. Yeah. Uh, so he's got to go be a recruiter. Let's see. Because like to be in the Marine Corps, and I think maybe Navy too, in order to become a senior NCO, you have to have like two B-list billets, right? Or is that yeah, what that, that's all it is. It's a, it's a B-billet. But yeah. Uh, you don't have to, but it looks a lot better on your fit rep saying that you have a beat billet. Mm-hmm. What about the Navy? Oh. Did you Bro, ever I've been you? out for a, so long. Like, um, what, what year did you get out? 2007. Uh, okay. Yeah, I did a five-year enlistment because um, it was weird back then. Corman's um, super hard to pick up right. Do you ever make it? To, did you make it to HM two, HM three? I made HM three three times. That's shit hot. Congratulations. Three times. What does that mean? And I'm I'm the only NJP? person you will ever meet. No, no, I'm the only person you will ever meet that lost their rank twice and never was in JP court martialed. Nothing. What happened? So the Navy fucking sucks. Um. Oh, I have a story after this. How I picked up sergeant twice. Go ahead. So I picked up, and because the Navy has this thing where you have to frocking status. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's so weird. Yeah, well, I was like two weeks before my frocking status was over, and I took a PRT, PFT, and I failed the body weight by less than a percentage on my body tank or on the taping. And they had just started this thing that you couldn't pick up if you were out of regs. So they pulled my rank. And so I lost it. I had to go back to uh, HN. And then I got knocked up with my boy, had him, went and took the exam, came back that I picked up third class. And then I, my enlistment ended and I got out. So then I went into the reserves and they were like, oh, sorry, you're back as an HN. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I picked up in the reserves and it, it finally stuck. I, <laughs> I was able to get through the six months and actually keep the title or the rank. But yeah. I picked up Sergeant twice. Uh, headquarters Marine Corps had messed up. So they promoted me. Uh, I'm just going to say like tentative months in like October to Sergeant. And uh, I got promoted kind of late because they had like backdated like pros and cons from when I was a corporal and I ended up having the score to pick up, but in their system, it didn't register on on our website that we use. So, so they promoted me to Sergeant. Uh, I noticed I wasn't getting paid as a Sergeant. So I was like, 
yo, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I called headquarters. They did an investigation. They're like, hey, dude, you're not supposed to be a sergeant. I was like, well, you pinned me. <laughs> so uh, they had to redo everything. And like the sergeant major at the time, like uh, I was sitting next to his office. I was talking to my squadron gunner sergeant, which is uh, for the grand people. That's the first sergeant because him and I were boys. Well, not boys, but we're uh, he's the president of the motorcycle club. I was the VP. So like we talked a lot. What motorcycle club? So so every Marine that rides uh, a motorcycle has to be enrolled in their unit's motorcycle club. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like a safety thing. And, and then every month you get a Friday off from work and you get to go ride your motorcycle with your unit motorcycle club. And then every quarter you get to do a three hour ride. It was really cool. And then like we'd all just go get lunch somewhere. It's a good camaraderie building. You get to meet other people from your command and your unit. It was really cool. But I was the VP. So I was talking to him when, when I got that news. And then Sergeant Major's like, take off your rank. Like, I'm sorry. And I was like, but Sergeant Major, like, no. Uh, but it ended up getting fixed. And then I got re-promoted like two months later. But my officer, my OIC, who, who's a beast, uh, is Chief Warrant Officer LeBourne, be- best OIC I've ever had. He called Sergeant Major and was like, you're not taking my sergeant's rank. Like, he's keeping it on whether he's getting paid or not. And I was like, yo, hell yeah, sir. <laughs> so I appreciate you. And then, so yeah, I just got re-promoted and got another warrant uh, two months later. We had a uh, flight chief, which is like a platoon sergeant, or I don't think I know what the Navy would call it. Um, oh yeah, we talked about this last time, Jenny. Just like, he was the dude like in charge. Like he's the enlisted person in charge of our entire flight. And we honestly, we didn't really have, like the only officer you have to have is at like a squadron level. In the Air Force, everything is squadron. I, I think like the other branches, like only if you're uh, in aviation, is it called a squadron? But that's a platoon. But basically, like yeah. So in Greenland, the only officer we had in our entire unit was the commander of you know our unit, and then obviously all of his bosses. And then Korea, we did have. And anyways, um, we had a new flight chief, and he was kind of crazy. Like he was, he, he was just a little bit crazy. And like whenever you're a cop, that's a little bit scary. But, like, you have to listen to him unless he's telling you to do something that's, like, going to get you arrested, like, in trouble with the bigger force. You listen to him. And um, we had some Navy people on the base um, on deployment. We were hosting some F-18s. And Mm -hmm. um, so we had the Navy. We had the pilots. And their traveling, like, maintainers were staying on the base, like, in the base hotel and everything. And they would just go to work every day. And I was working at an entry control point on the flight line and every day, like a bus of sailors would come by and, or I guess, yeah, they're all sailors. I don't know if they were seamen or not, but they were sailors. They might've been airmen, but see people. Uh, I see people. It's yes, 2022. It is. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Canceled. Good point. They would come. And for some reason, our new flight chief, his big deal was he just seemed like so random. It seemed like he was like on something. Cause he'd just be fixated on something like totally random every day, but he was fixated on, you know, you have to check the entry authorization list and you have to cross reference that. And you have to look at everybody's CAC and make sure that their ranks are right. And it's like, all right, dude, whatever. I don't really care if someone, you know, like why would, if someone's impersonating, like if they're impersonating a different rank, I don't care. That's on them. You know, if they're like impersonating a different person, like who's not allowed in this restricted area, then I'd care about it. But anyways, so we had these Navy people and I was going through and I was like checking the list because I was told to. And like more than half of them, their ranks that like were given to us did not match the ranks on their CACs. So I was like, hey, just to be honest with you all. Yeah, I got to call my boss about this. So uh, he comes down 
and he was like just telling them one by one to get off the bus. And like I said, it was more than half of them. And he was like, long story short, y'all aren't going to work today. And they were pissed, but they were being like really respectful. Like, I don't think there was, I think there, they had like one E6 with them. They had a bunch of E5s and then some E4s and they were being like really respectful and they were calling him like chief and stuff. Cause they knew enough about like the air force. They could tell by his rank that he was a senior NCO. So they were being like really nice to him and stuff, but he was, yeah, basically like long story short, like, yeah, none of you guys are going to work. It was more than half of them. There was like probably like 30 of them and like there's like 20 of them that their ranks didn't match. But then we get the uh, E6, like our assistant flight chief down there. And he was like, what's going on? And then he was looking and he was like, this isn't because of frocking, is it? And they're like, yeah, this is exactly what that is. And I was like, Sergeant Wales, what's frocking? And then like one of them explained it to me. And then uh, I don't know, my flight chief was basically like, well, I don't care. That's not a real thing. And uh, it is though, it totally is. It is, it is. yeah. yeah. I'd never heard luck, of that. Luckily, this E6 had heard of it, and he's actually a lieutenant now. He just commissioned, so uh, congratulations. He's, uh, apparently, kind of smart, yeah. But he knew what frocking was. But yeah, my flight chief literally told like these twenty F18 mechanics, like, yeah, you're not going to work today because because of frocking. That so there. So in the Marines, you get a day off if you get promoted. I guess that was the Navy's day off. Yeah. For six that, so, what? Yeah, it's, it's it's six months before you. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like for the people you work with, they have six months to like call you by your right rank before it's like required. I don't. I don't know. I don't get the point of it. That but yeah, but you're not getting paid. Do you get to wear the rank? Yeah, you get to wear the rank. You but change you don't your uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's what I think it's for. It's to get your uniform squared away. That makes sense, too. See, I've heard, you know, the rumors of, oh, it's because when sailors would um, pick up rank, they'd go get shit face and then they'd get arrested. And then so it was that instead of having to too. change paperwork, it's like, ah, eh, fuck it. They're fine. Um, that's that's a lot better reason, actually. I mean, it's 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 a like wives tale kind of thing. Yeah. It, it probably there's probably some merit to it. But dude, so yeah. I. I deployed on the Iwo Jima and uh, I don't care about sharing this story because the guy is kind of a piece of shit for it. But there's this first class. I forgot what he was, but he got really shit faced when we're in Israel, like really shit faced to the point when we're touring Jerusalem, he threw up where Jesus was laid to rest on the actual rock slab. And those of you that have been to Jerusalem know what I'm talking about. And that's how drunk he got and it's like dude, you're an e6 you've been in the navy probably for at least 10 years and you're gonna throw up on arguably one of the most holiest places on the planet and he was just such and then he was uh he had that extra emi i think i don't know what the navy calls it but he had like extra duty where you had to, like have muster like every like couple of hours so you'd see him on like on the hangar bay and like you'd see him around, like picking up trash. I mean, he was such an asshole still. And it's like, dude, I have no respect for you. Like, I guess I respect your rank a little bit, but as a person, you're kind of garbage. That's... Yeah. Maybe that's why we give Israel so much hush money. I don't know. <laughs> sailors vomiting on it. Yeah. Okay. No, that's that's <laughs> terrible. Because like I, I'm I'm not super religious, but I, I claim to be a Christian, yeah. and and that like kind of hurt my feelings. I had a friend, he was, I think he was like a six year E3 maybe. And this is in Greenland. And he, uh, he was from Florida. Um, I, all I know, I think he's from the panhandle. Cause, uh, yeah, he was definitely from Northern Florida. Like Pensacola, Pensacola area. Florida. I don't know. You don't think Pensacola is um, real Florida? 
No, that's not. <laughs> oh, he. Sorry. He just keeps <laughs> hopping up here because he wants some love. <laughs> um, this guy, he, the first time he was about to put on E four, and that takes like in the Air Force, if you sign a, a six year contract, you get E three as soon as you graduate from tech school, and uh, if not, if you sign a four year contract, you get like E one when you graduate from tech school, and I think it's like only a six month wait between E one and. Or no, yeah, E one and E, E2? or no, no, E two and E three. Sorry, you get E two whenever you graduate. But anyways, he signed a six year contract, so he he wait. It takes two years to go from E three to E four. So he graduated from tech school was an E three. Two years later, I think it was the month he was supposed to put on E four, and he fails a PT test. So they, uh, I think I can't remember how many stripes they took from him. I think they, I think they held his stripe. They didn't let him promote, which for depends on your leadership. Some people that's enough punishment because like now he's got to wait like I think a year before he can pick it up. But not only did they make him uh, not get that stripe, but they also took a stripe away from him. So they basically demoted him by two Twice. ranks. So yeah, so now he's a one striper. So he's got to wait like what, two and a half years before he's up for it again. So two and a half years later, I think he had an incident where he uh, he was at like a party one night before work. It was someone's going away party, like one of his friends. And then like he goes to work and uh, he decided because like the Air Force's core values are integrity first, service before self and excellence in all that you do. And like all the time in basic training, trainees get so sick of it because, like, people, MTIs are always asking you, like, what does integrity mean? And someone will say, oh, it means doing what's right, no matter if someone's looking or lot or not. And someone they'll be like, that's bullshit. That's, you know, what they taught you in, like, kindergarten. Like, what does integrity mean? Anyways, so integrity first means that you'll tell on yourself. For, like, the sake of the mission, you tell on yourself so that you can just, like, take your punishment. So it's integrity first, service before self. But uh, so he tells on himself, you know, he – when you're a cop or I guess probably just any, well, yeah, any combat related MOS, just like any MOS where you're like armed, you're supposed to like, you can't be under the influence of alcohol at all. And you have to stop drinking at least eight hours prior, but it's not like an either or like it's both. Like you have to stop drinking eight hours prior, like period. But if you're super hammered eight hours before and like you wake up and you're still drunk, like, so that's what happened to him. So he did the responsible thing and like, he just, hold on himself like hey you know i i did stop drinking like you know 12 hours ago but i'm still feeling a little bit woozy you know i just wanted you to know and they're all right cool you know we really appreciate you telling us that shows a lot of integrity so they took two of his stripes again <laughs> yeah but that's mind. dude like yeah so i mean but and then also he shot himself when he was drunk one time but he didn't get in trouble for that florida <laughs> so wait, i have a what, few pensacola friends that they're going to take his rank because he was responsible and said, hey, I still feel a little eh when I was drinking last night. But he shoots himself while drunk. And they're like, no. Was he aiming at a dog? No, no, he didn't. Uh, I can't remember what he was doing. I can't remember what he, I think he was just like not really cleaning his gun because I don't think even he cleaned his gun drunk. But uh, he was just handling his gun and accidentally psh, uh, and through his hand, he had like one hand over the barrel and yeah, I have another friend that did the same thing. He had a CZ and I've never, uh, I've never held one or operated one, but I don't know. It's like a striker fire. And apparently I think you have to, I think you have to pull the trigger and I think you have to fire the hammer in order to like disassemble it for some reason, or at least this is what I was told. And he thought that he had like ejected it and, uh, no, he had not ejected. So there's one in the chamber and he shot himself in the hand, different <laughs> friend. Also, technically from Florida, although he didn't like, he kind of grew up all over the place because he was kind of an army brat, but uh, Florida was home. 
So both of my friends from Florida shot themselves in the hand. Dude, what's funny, my friend from Florida got stabbed in the leg. I won't say his name, but dude, Florida people. Do we eat faces down here, man? Yeah. Yes. Cro- crocodile, right? <laughs> oh, no, the, the, the dude bath- that was high on bath salts and ate. Yeah, yeah. It was, it's well, that, crocodile. That's, yeah, that's the real name. It's, yeah, something. That's the scientific name. Dude, I don't understand how people, like, Anytime, if I'm going to pull the trigger on a gun, I take the magazine out and I always cock it back and check. I don't know. That's from a few different angles. Yeah, it's not a hard concept to to grasp. Well, and dude, both of these people. So, like, yeah, they're both from Florida. My friend, uh, the one that wasn't drunk, he's he's like a certified gun nut. Like, that's what he lives for. He's like bootleg. Like, he just he's an amosexual. Like, he really is. So, um, so yeah, I don't know how that happened to him. Um, the other guy, he, he was just drunk. I mean, but he's from Florida, so he had guns his whole life. Like, and yeah, they, I mean, as a profession, like they had guns every day, but the air force is also weird. I don't know how it works in the other branches, but so you have people like my friend, he got in trouble twice. So he'd been in for like six years before he put on E4, which is pretty crazy. Like that's a whole enlistment, but then you can, they have this thing called, uh, E4 below the zone, which is just the top 1% of like, I think they divide it by base. The top 1% of E3s get to put on E4 six months early. And that could, in a way, like, (laughs) but they actually get promoted six months early. You know what I mean? They actually do. And so, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just up to your leadership. They put in a package, and usually it has to do with, like, your education and then, like, volunteer work and then, like, any awards that you might have gotten in the time that you've been in. So, just getting that six months early isn't that big of a deal in and of itself. But then um, to get promoted to sergeant, there's um, there's a few different factors. But the biggest factor that determines whether or not you get promoted to sergeant is a test. And I think the test is only once a year, but it might be twice a year. But so just depending, just luck on the draw, whenever like you sign up and whenever you join the Air Force, if you get promoted to e4 six months early some people it lines up to where the month you get to put on e4 now it's time to test for sergeant so there are people who are a three-year staff sergeant which is just like the absolute fastest so you have to get below the zone and then you have to do insanely freaking well on your test because you've not been in long enough to earn points any of the other ways so some people and i I have a few friends that did that some people like that is their goal in life like i have to get below the zone and then i have to get picked up for sergeant my first time but i never in certain cases i would understand that but like in my career field whenever you became a sergeant you got a desk job and that just sounded absolutely awful to me like if i wanted a desk job i wouldn't have joined the military i would have got a desk job that pays like four or five times more like you're absolutely crazy that that's kind of how it is with us too but like how do you even respect someone that Dude, that's what I'm saying. So on one hand, you have someone that's been a cop in the Air Force for six years, and they're an E3. And on the other hand, you have someone that's been in for three years, and they've not even learned how to do their job because they're constantly getting promoted. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it it, it creates problems, dude. I tell you that. It creates problems. I I loved – so when you're a sergeant in the Marines, my job, you you had to, like, kind of deal with, like, the administrative stuff, mentorship jackets and whatnot. But I I really like that because – I liked helping Marines out so they don't make the same mistakes that I did. Like that was, I think the the most rewarding time was, was when I was an NCO and I, I had like the best junior Marines ever. And 
uh, one of them, like a, a, a couple of them I still talk to and it's, it's, I, they're now they're doing what I, I did for them. And it's so cool that they're the dad now, you know, uh, and, and I love it. And they're such good Marines and they, they, they still call me dad. You know, it's weird. I, I, I it was rewarding in that sense, but I, I did like, I do miss turning tools with like my boys, you know, like, like skating off until like your NCOs come and then just pretend like you're working or, or fixing stuff and getting like super dirty. Like I, I miss it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, but yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. The, the desk job kind of sucks. And, and when it sucks and you're behind, it really sucks. And then when the website's down, because uh, now, now Comus or whatever you're using is down, it really, really sucks. <laughs> awkward silence no uh, did you ever have to do any like administrative work as a corpsman no i came in and i worked in the gastroenterology uh clinic so i was watching doctors shove scopes up people's ass um and then i got deployed and i worked in sick call on the mercy which was like ridiculous because like it's a hospital full of corpsmen and doctors, but we're going to have a sick call. Like it, it, that, yeah, cracked me up. Um, and then when I got back, I ended up getting moved to infectious disease. So there was some administrative stuff sort of because of keeping patient records. and stuff? Well, yeah. just patient records. Oh, okay. Um, the only thing we had that came in where we were worried was a guy came in with cowpox and they were worried about me because I didn't have the smallpox vaccine and I was pregnant. So like I had to sit in this little bubble and watch them bring the guy in. Okay. Braxton cowpox. No, I, I need to know too. Yeah. Is okay. that related to monkeypox at all? <laughs> no. And what are we going to do about monkeypox? You're the corpsman. Nothing. I'm not Nothing. Um, so how they came up with the um, smallpox vaccine is actually uh, because of dairy women that were doing the udders. They were getting cowpox, which is a different form of it. And they were realizing that these women, um, because they had had cow or they were in houses filled with smallpox, that they weren't getting sick because the cowpox was working as an immunity. So when you get your smallpox vaccine, that's actually from a cow. Mm -hmm. And so if you finger fuck it and then you get the lesions in the outbreak, you're you're not you don't have smallpox. You have cowpox. I didn't know that was an option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A friend of mine, she grew up in, um, oh, she's going to kick my ass. Um, Don't name drop her. Or actually, no name drop her. I'm I'm here for it. So stir that pot. Iowa, Idaho, Iowa, Iowa. And um, she, one of her very good friends had a dairy farm. And so Mm -hmm. she was playing as a kid and all that and didn't realize, you know, that big deal. Her dad was a corpsman. Jesus. Um, and he was like, oh, you have cowpox. We'll be fine. Does whatever, you know? And so she joins the Marines and they're like, okay, you're going to get your smallpox vaccine. She's like, I've had cowpox. And they're like, yeah, that's not a thing. You're getting this. And they, they gave it to her. No reaction, nothing. Mm -hmm. She already had it in her body. And they're like, oh, well, it didn't take, we have to do it again. And so she had to get the the shot twice because they didn't believe her when she told him she had cowpox as a child. Like, that's kind of scary. I'm glad it like didn't uh, hurt her because yeah, it's wild. Well, you think about it, like that's what kills me about the whole um, vaccine cause or cause autism, because if they did, every single service member would have autism, 
or our children would. Every single one. Because you get all those shots as a child. And, and then you, you go to again. camp and you get all of them again. I had the Hep B series three times. Like, I had my titer pulled years ago. And they were like, you could literally roll around in a giant pile of feces. You're good to fucking go. You've got all the antibodies. Like, all of them. Like, it's ridiculous. So our kids would be completely fucked. <laughs> to, Sorry. Rant. To any to any libertarians still listening, <laughs> do you guys think the government should be able to force the monkeypox vaccine on us in the future? That's a good question. I don't know. There's a libertarian argument to be made that. there. No, Is there? No. No. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. See, I'm I'm so sarcastic, but then I can't detect it in other people. That's that's a problem. Dude. I had to get smallpox for Korea, and that one was interesting. But I wish, I guess I should have taken, I, I wanted to be, like, cool and not take pictures of it because everybody, like, I just thought that was, like, kind of weird. Everybody's what they do as soon as they get to Korea because they get their vaccine and they post it, like, almost like, you know, just people doing that, like, on Badge social media kind of makes me mad. Exactly. So I was like, I'm going to be cool, and I'm just not going to care about it. So, but now I can't. Mine, I don't I don't have a scar now. So, like, some people don't even believe me, but... um. We in Korea, they have like uh, every quarter, they have like a few weeks long exercise, like battle simulations and stuff. And um, so we and like you're in mop gear basically the entire time, so super fun. But um, they told me because there was about to be one of those exercises, so they told me like, yeah, this happens all the time. They just said put a duct tape over it. And they told me, like, change the duct tape, like, every, like, three or four days. Like, take the duct tape off, like, clean the area, just, like, regular soap or whatever, and put duct tape back on. Since I was going to be, like, sweaty and stuff. Because they, I can't remember what they said would happen if I sweated all over it. So, I didn't even get to look at it too much. I basically got it, put duct tape over it, and I changed the duct tape once or twice. Did you not sweat underneath the duct tape? Uh, Yes. Yes, he did. And it's disgusting. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, duct tape, that's a really tight seal. Like yeah, really tight. You still have ports underneath there, big dog. But they're they're covered though. What's going to come out of those if there's duct tape on it? Well, actually, that could have might have. I guess if it's yeah, okay. Yeah, and well, no, it was still disgusting. But I'm saying uh, because of all the locked in moisture, that could be the one of the reasons why you don't have a scar. Because like oh. a lot of like tattoo shops and stuff now are doing that saran that hydro wrap. thing where it's got well they've been doing saran wrap for years but it's That's that true. it's different <laughs> and it's tattoo. got where the liquid is underneath so it it yeah. everything lives in that and it's supposedly having better quality tattoos where you don't have the scabs. That's interesting. The funniest. Shop My second for... gummy just kicked in, so I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> awesome. Jesus. The funniest shot story I have is right before I deployed in 2018. We're all in like a room about to get our pre-deployment vaccines. And I looked to the staff sergeant who was in charge. I was like, staff sergeant, I'm afraid of needles. He's like, what, Lima? You want me to hold your hand? I was like, yes, staff sergeant. And I was just messing around. Like, I, I don't really care. And he's like, all right, come on. He gives me his hand. I was like, well, now I, I can't I can't bitch out now. I have to hold his hand. So like, I hold his hand and he walks me up and they inject both my arms. like, are you better now? And I was like, yes, staff sergeant. That's really nice of him, I guess. That is. We had a, because um, for a time there, the military was all about flu mist instead of the flu vaccine. You have to do that stupid thing. But that's a live virus, at least it was when it first came out. Um, so I worked in infectious disease at the time, and we were the primary HIV clinic for all active duty dependents and retired for the whole West Coast. And so you, you can't give 
people live viruses when they have an autoimmune disorder. <laughs> like, yeah. And so our, our captain, which captain of the Navy is a lot higher than everywhere else. Um, oh, six. She ran the department mm-hmm. and her and the chief got into it because he wanted her to give all of our people, not our patients, the actual people who work there. He wanted them all to get the flu mist. And she's like, they're not getting the flu mist. And he's like, you don't know what you're talking about first off, bud. Like, she's been an infectious disease doctor for fucking ever, but whatever. And he just kept negating her because she was a woman mm-hmm. and kept de- demanding that we were all going to get it. She comes back and she's pissed. She comes back to the unit and she's like, they're coming tomorrow. They're going to give us our, our flu mist. Every single one of you is allergic to eggs. If you don't put that you're allergic to eggs, I will write you up and I will court-martial you. Every single one of you is allergic to eggs. Because that's the, like, derivative of the vaccine is mm. eggs. And so we all, every single one of them, allergic to eggs. And he's getting pissed. And he's just like, so everyone here is allergic to eggs. And she's like, yes, that's why they send them here. And then the next day we all got our shots because our supply came in. But she was pissed. She was like, you're not going to give my whole unit a live virus when we deal with auto-compromised people. Yeah. Fucking dick. He was pissed, though. She was great. I mean, that could have been, that sounds like that could have been terrible. Like, people could have died. We actually had a patient who his command knew his status. Mm. Um, They said, we don't give a shit, you're taking the flu mist. And they gave an HIV positive uh, person flu mist. He ended up, he almost died. He ended up in the ER, or in the um, ICU and everything. Like, it, yeah, that one was bad. I hate that they care so much about the flu shot in the military. It made no sense to me whatsoever. We were getting something for the amount that we gave of whatever. Like, there there had to have been some buy or like pay Somebody's getting money, it yeah. Had, because that's it's nuts that they made it mandatory too. It's like, you know, we're all, you know, eighteen to like twenty four year olds and and relatively like great shape compared to the rest of America. Why why do we have to do this? Yeah. Have you ever going to give anybody the peanut butter shot? Yes. I um, hated actually, that. So everyone bitches about that, but I'm going to warn you boys. Um, testosterone is like thick cold honey i know yeah, that sounds unpleasant ass. and it goes in the ass i don't know if i told this story last time but like my entire life when i was a baby i had like an allergic reaction to penicillin when i was like really young so like my entire life i'd go to the doctor and they'd ask me are you allergic to any medicine and it was always penicillin codeine and urethamycin you're and allergic all three to codeine? Of those, yeah well okay that's so sad I guess. I don't know. But uh, it's, it's just because whenever I was a little baby, the first time I had any of those drugs, I broke out in a rash. So I never, you know, never had to go to the hospital or anything weird. Just every time I took one of those, I had a rash. The doctor's just like, yeah, you know, he's probably allergic. So my entire life, well, like the week that I was supposed to go to basic training, my recruiter, I'm in my recruiter's office like with my parents and everything, just like signing the last of the forms. Like I'm going to basic training in a week. And he was like, you know, this is like really basic stuff. Number one, I didn't have like a bank account. Technically I didn't have a checking account. I had a savings account and like I had jobs the whole time I was in high school. I had like many different jobs and like they would just cut me a check and I'd go to my bank where I had a savings account and they would cash my check. So 
I was like a week from going to basic training and he was like, what's your checking account? And I was like, Oh, this is my savings account. So that was bad. Um, I, I got a USAA account that day. Um, but I didn't know, but like I said, I had jobs, but then he was like, you know, so there says here that you're not allergic to any drugs. He's like, is that, I was like, no, I'm allergic to codeine, penicillin and urethromycin. And he was like, dude, if like, you know, you, there's no way you forgot to put that on there. And I was like, you're right. There is no way. And he's like, no, you're not really allergic to him. Are you? And I was like, yeah, as far as I know. And he was like, no, dude, you don't understand. If you were allergic to these things, like, you know, you would have had to like tell your doctors your entire life. And I was like, yeah, like, there's no way I forgot. Like, you know, I've been telling doctors my whole life, penicillin, codeine, urethromycin. So my mom's kind of freaking out. And she's like, well, does he have to get any of those in basic training? And he's like, the only one that they give him in basic training is, you know, the penicillin, penicillin. shot. So she's kind of freaking out. So he was like, dude, if you, like, if you have to amend this, you are not going to basic training. So I was like, oh, it'll be fine. And my mom's kind of freaking out, but I just like sign it and give it back to him. And to this day, she's still kind of freaked out about that. But this is kind of funny because if, if he was telling the truth, if I would have not gone to basic training, I never would have met Will. I might not have ever been a libertarian. Like my life would be really crazy different. But so the moment, the moment of truth, because that's kind of what he said. That's what he told my mom. He's like, well, they give it to you like in a room full of nurses. So like, it's, you know, if he's going to have an adverse reaction, that's the best place. Um, that's kind of funny, but, uh, so I go and I'm kind of dreading it. Cause yeah, I've not had any penicillin since I was like two years old and I go and I was like literally the only person that I know of in my entire flight that like, I, I picked my leg up cause they kind of told you to. So I just had like no weight on that leg and they give me the shot and it just felt like a normal shot. And then I never, everybody said that felt like they had a ball in their hip for like the next like four days. And I never felt it at all. At so all, you ended up all, just going all. through with it? Oh yeah. I got the shot. Yeah. And I, nothing happened. So um yeah are you still allergic i don't know probably not seems so like you not. didn't get the red dog tags either red dog tags no i sure didn't if you're allergic to penicillin you get red dog tags to let oh no people That'd know that you're cool. allergic to it yeah I, dude i never even heard of that yeah but yeah i was the only person in my entire flight of like 70 80 dudes that didn't complain because like i'm not i'm not saying i'm tough either i'm saying i didn't feel it i didn't have a ball in my hip like I, I didn't, the peanut butter shot did not bother me at all whatsoever. Hypothetically, if drone searches were allowed to hit you, they would knee you in your ass right after you got that peanut butter shot. <laughs> and it would hurt so bad, hypothetically. That sounds fun. Yeah. Where did time. you go to basic training at, Jenny? Uh, Great Lakes. Oh. What, what did... month? Uh, oh, my God. July seventh, or yeah, so it wasn't too uh, bad. No, no, and but it was funny because I came from here. I came from the mm-hmm. coast of Florida, and I'm in boot camp, and like they black flag us, and I'm like, "What do you mean black flag?" And they're like, "Well, it's too hot outside to to march," and I'm like, "The fuck, it's too hot. It's only like eighty, and it was like a hundred and three degrees." And I'm like, "Oh, fuck this weather." <laughs> and then it, it snowed. It's not humid up there, right? It's not humid in Florida? Or no, no, no. I know I know. in Florida it's humid. I was in Pensacola for a while. Fuck that. But in, <laughs> what, in, in the Great Lakes. Yeah. No. It's it, – no, because I kept getting nosebleeds when I was in boot camp, and I was like, it's because there's no oyster, or moisture in the air. So even with being on that large body of water, it's not the same. Yeah. I had that problem in North Carolina where I was stationed at. It's super humid. And when I moved back to California, I started getting nosebleeds like crazy again. I'm finally – not getting them anymore but like yeah I, I know exactly what you mean it's i 
I never had allergies like to pollen or any of that until I moved to San Diego and then came back to Florida. Dude, my allergies are really bad here. I, I hate everything about California sucks. Please don't tag anybody in Hayward in this podcast or share it on my profile. So I don't want them to know that I hate the state. I hate the state in general, though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No. You, like, that's like, I hate people, but I have persons that I like. Mm-hmm. Like, I can hate a state, but there's little areas that I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm okay with this. There for a while, they had a Navy boot camp in Orlando, didn't they? Yes, but that's been Did closed since, like, um, I was, before I was double digits. My dad went there for boot camp. If you can believe this, uh, there's this Navy SEAL. He wrote a book. He wrote a few books, actually. And I was reading some of his books, and he talks about, um, I think it was his basic training flight. They had it, I think it was in, like, the late 80s, like, 88, maybe. It was completely integrated, meaning they had males and females, like, in the same, um, like, platoon? what do you call them? Like, platoon, yeah. So, like, you know, top bunk dude, bottom bunk chick. So, like, in basic training, we had a sister flight, like, across the hall from us. They were all females. But like I'm calling can... bullshit because my dad went like no, dude. I'm I'm gonna Google it right now. <laughs> and that's fine. He can say whatever he wants to say. But I'm just like, <sighs> he's a Navy SEAL. He, he has no reason to. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah. My, uh, <laughs> have you ever listened to uh, uh, William McRaven's uh, commencement speech at uh, Texas yes, University? Course. Yeah. Did you ever buy his? Did you ever read his book? No. It's basically the commencement speech, but more in detail, and it's pretty good. You could read it in like an hour. But okay. It's yeah. it really, it really good. This guy, his name is Brandon Webb, and um, he – well, he wrote this one book, and he's actually like really controversial um, out of all like the famous Navy SEALs now. He wrote this book called Among Heroes, and the opening quote was uh, the major from Band of Brothers where he's like, no, I'm not a hero, but I served with a few – and what was kind of uh, screwed up about this, um, every chapter was about a different guy that he served with and that died. And, like, one of them died in, like, a base jumping accident. A few of them died in combat. One of them was that guy, Matt Axelson, who's in, like, the Lone Survivor, Lone Survivor movie. So, like, uh, there's a bunch of these dudes that died, you know, on these various missions, doing these various things. And... Um, but he starts off, like, the very first chapter. This guy the reason he like writes all these books the first time he like was ever on TV was you remember the whole captain Phillips thing. Uh, have you guys both seen the movie? They parachute like into the water, they get picked up by a boat and they're on like an aircraft carrier. And that's where they snipe the Somalis that were like on the boat. So like he was a Navy seal sniper school instructor. So he was like on CNN or whatever. They were asking him just to explain this mission so that's what he was doing. So he was a sniper instructor and he, he was an instructor like Marcus Luttrell, Chris Kyle, Matt Axelson, like a lot of these other like famous Navy SEALs. But anyways, he talks a lot about sniper school. Like that's where the first guy, the first chapter of the book, I can't remember what his name was, but he, they were in sniper school together and they were kind of like rivals. According to this guy, they're kind of like Maverick and Iceman. They were the best in the class and they were always competing to see who's going to be the best in the class. But also in sniper school, his best friend was a um he was a corpsman and they're saying that like the pipeline for corpsmen to become seals are a little bit different than everybody else's and i can't remember why they just have to go to like more advanced training like that level of corpsman training is different than like fleet navy corpsman but anyways his friend's name is glenn doherty and um 
you know, so he talks about him and Glenn in sniper school, like his rival, you know, blah, blah, blah. His rival ends up dying. And then like a few months later, you know, just uh, every other chapter, it's talking about him and his best friend, Glenn. And I didn't know this at the time because the movie hadn't come out, but the, the very last chapter, the name of it was Glenn. So, so his, uh, his best friend was um, one of the Navy SEALs that was in uh, Tripoli. Um, so like during Benghazi, um, you know, the movie 13 Hours. Yeah. Um, he was one of the SEALs that was in Tripoli that came to get them out of there. And like as soon as they showed up, their compound got mortared and he died. So like there was a bunch of Americans that survived like 13 hours overnight in this embassy getting like shot at and all this stuff. And then like these Americans from a couple hundred miles away, they show up to get them out of there and one of them died. But it was just crazy because obviously like my military best friend was uh, Will Darty. And I didn't know, you know, he was just casually talking about his best friend this entire book. And I never thought, you know, his best friend's going to die. But um, after the fact, there were like some people that called BS. They were saying like uh, he wasn't really friends with these people. And like they talked to his family and stuff like that. And his fa- I don't know. There's a lot of controversy saying that a lot of the people in his book like did not like him. And he was just uh, profiting off of their, their stories. Yeah. But uh, it was a good book. Yeah, it was a good book. And then he had another book called um, The Red Circle pretty cool he had an interesting life he was actually canadian and uh whenever he was like 16 his parents were like i don't know a weird kind of hippie they saved up they, they spent their life savings on a sailboat so like his parents and him and his sister they like lived they were literally like lived on a sailboat but when he was 16 he got into a fight with his dad and his dad like kicked him off the boat so he like got a ride from somebody else and like basically just like lived on his own for two years what a wild fucking ride Dude, yeah, he became like he was a diver because that was his first job on this boat. Was he would just have to go and get the uh, anchor like unstuck. Yeah, but yeah, so he got good at diving, so he became like a spear fisherman, and yeah, they'd get food and stuff like that. So whenever he was in the navy, when he was in like San Diego, he had a spear fishing rig in his room, and during a room inspection, like one of his, like I guess probably like a chief or maybe just a petty officer saw that, and uh, he got like the master at arms called on him and stuff like that because it is very illegal to have like weapons inside the barracks. So he almost got NJP'd for that because he had just like a spear fishing rig in his room. Dude, some people's lie like this is why I don't think we're in a simulation. There's no way that you know, like unless it's that's wild. We're the NPC. We didn't have a life like that. That is definitely a main character who's just (laughs) upping his stats as he goes. That is what that's like. Sorry about that. No, you're good, dude. I think there's a stand-up comedian. I think it was Anthony Jeselnik that he, one of his specials was called Man on Fire. And that was kind of the premise is everybody thinks that they're like the main character of their movie, but no, everybody's no one, an NPC. No. Fuck yeah, sorry. Dude, I think I've definitely met NPCs, though. <laughs> What's like Jenny doing? Yeah. Oh, our support team has reviewed your account and it appears we made an error. We've determined there's no violation ever and have restored your Twitter account to full function. Bitches. Nice. <laughs> it was about what it, it had something to do with like 17 year olds and guns, right? Uh, it was some Democrat that's running around in our area. She had posted something about, Oh, well we, um, when we, 
deemed that 18 year olds shouldn't get um, drunk and drive a vehicle, we raise the limit to 21. We sh it's about time we do that with firearms. And so I chose violence today and I commented on there. I was like, oh, but I bet you're fine with the 17 to 18 year olds going off to join or going off to war. Sorry, kids, you can't drink, smoke or own a firearm, but you can go die for the country for the in the name of patriotism and the greater good. And then I mm -hmm. said, hashtag um, get fucked. And uh, Twitter didn't like that. Well, they warned me that they didn't like it before I even hit like after I'd hit send. Uh, yeah, I saw that. It said people yeah, don't like, like this. Are you sure you want to post it? I'm like, yes. You're like, do you know who I am? <laughs> and so I'm pretty sure that she reported it for being harassment. And when I was like, nah, fam, that's not harassment. They were like, never mind. Mm -hmm. Elon put in that work. No, I'm just kidding. Dude, guys, Elon, if if the aliens are real, Elon is one, and he just wants to go home. You think so? Yeah, that's why he's putting so much into it. He's just like, I gotta go home. I I think, yeah, I could see that. All Paul. <laughs> yes, it's one of my favorite words. All right, Braxton. Dang, it's already eight thirty, or it's. We're at an hour and a half. Yeah. So. Yeah. Are you guys ready to go? Yeah. Yeah, but but first, answer question: Is Elon Musk uh, alien? Yes or no? If aliens are real. No, if aliens were real, they wouldn't name their kid X Ash A twelve. Because they'd be trying to do a low profile. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. They'd, they'd name <laughs> their kids George like Braxton or Will or something. <laughs> or George. Yes. Uh, if, you, well, if you guys can wait, or just not even wait, maybe if I can bring Discord up, I had a really funny Elon Musk meme. Um, I put it on the Vet Caucus meme channel. So that's another reason to join the Vet Caucus Discord if you like memes. And I don't know anyone who doesn't like memes. We have a whole channel yeah, dedicated to that. Just to memes. Closing thing real quick. Again, yes, please, close it. please share Paul's link. I'll put it in the comments again. Oh, yeah. If, yeah, if you can put it I in the comments, this. that'll make it 100 times easier. I already have it. Oh, cool. No, you. I didn't. No, I lied. No. I'll I do it in private chat, I guess. It should be in the private chat. Where'd she go? Oh, did she? I, I'm not looking at I'm not looking at y'all right at this second. That makes sense. I can did she? Uh, is she gone? She's gone. Oh, is she back? I can hear her. Okay, I commented it. Can you okay. post it? Let me see. Yes, of course. But where did you go? I hope she's okay. Yeah, she's here. I'm right here. I, uh -huh. I, clicked, I clicked a button. I did the wrong thing. Go to that link. Share that link with everybody you know. Let's help him get a van that he needs so he can start doing his day-to-day -day tasks again and live out the rest of his life with some sort of normalcy. Yeah, for sure. And you said that he... Uh... He's already like people have donated a lot so far, but forty thousand is hefty. And it, you know, it's not just donations. Like we're not just after your money. If you know of some programs that already exist to help him with this, that would be uh, more than appreciated. Yeah. And fun fact: the person that organized this, Kalish Morrow, is the mayor of a city in California, Hanford, and she has a good group she actually turned hanford into a libertarian majority now where three of the five are libertarians and they're soon to get a fourth 
So libertarians wow. doing libertarian work. Let let's help out Paul. Uh, yeah, let's help out Paul and get him a van. Or yeah, and, and like you said, those programs. So thank you guys so much. And then you have the Veteran Caucus um, and Not a Real Libertarian podcast. Um, find it on everything, especially the Veteran Caucus. That's what's really cool now that we have the uh, link tree up. If you find us uh, at one place, you found us everywhere because of the link tree. Uh, do you plug anything, Jenny, besides uh, Redemption Tactical? Um, if you're interested in coming to the LP Brevard uh, Gala on election night this year, please let me know. We will have Spike and Jason Lyon and Bootleg is supposed to be there and hopefully other or a lot of other people. Wait, how does Spike get like on the same card as Jason Lyons and Bootleg? Like what what do you, what what kind of gala is this? I'm cool. Yeah, Bootleg's way cooler than both of them. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> those are fighting words. We actually Spike was other than the porcupine, um Spike was our first confirmed guest. Elon Elon finding everyone who <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Kill them all X Ash A twelve. That is pretty funny. <laughs> I would I would have loved to have shared my screen to not have to do this, but <laughs> have an Elon Musk meme. Actually it's better than that. It's an X Ash A twelve meme. It was few and far between. It's gonna be worth a lot. Of, I'm gonna make that into an NFT and it's gonna be worth millions one day. Alright, we talked about aliens, we talked about uh ovarian growths we talked about handicapped vans thank you very much for being here it has been a pleasure you don't have to go home but don't pay any attention to that where's the outro video (laughs) well if you can't find it